Hey, welcome to The Porch. I'm your girl, Kimmy. In this week's episode, we talk all about the violence that is occurring in our country. So join us on The Porch for this hot topic. Take care. Hey, everybody. What are you doing today? We're back on The Porch. How's everything going? Doing well. Everything is well. We're in the land of the living, you know. We're all here in our good minds and um, nothing has happened to us. I should not say it like this, but that episode, the episode we're having today makes me say that. Um, I mean, to be honest. So, you know, we have a guest co-host on here today. Tamika, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Hello. We want to welcome you to the porch and, you know, we don't want you to be a stranger because we want we want to welcome you um, often. I'll just say that. Welcome. welcome. Well, thank you so much. Support. So I don't want to belabor this. This topic is hot right now. It's not just hot because, um, you know, Tamika, uh, myself and Chauncey, we live in Philadelphia and we just had um, a mass shooting um, in the area. And Ramel is also from Philly as well. Had a mass shooting on um, South Street, which is historically known to be like a tourist area, a really popular area. Uh, I won't say just tourists, but it's a really popular area in Philadelphia. Hang out, with, hang out spot. Yeah, just know, hang so out hang, People hang out. And, you know, I remember I used to go there a lot when I was a kid. I, I go there now because um, I, I have a favorite um, bistro that I love to go to. So it was pretty shocking, pretty alarming. Um, but in the, in the back of my mind, it wasn't alarming. You know what I mean? So I, I say that because... Um, these kind of events are becoming the norm. So, you know, our topic tonight is well, why, why is um, mass shootings and violence becoming the norm? Um, it's been going on for plenty, plenty years now. And I think we've all become kind of numb to it. I, I know it sounds pretty sad. We had a school shooting. Um, this last school shooting um, really rocked me to my core because I think it got mm-hmm. to the point where they were a little bit more graphic to what happened to the children. And, um, it, it kind of took me back to Sandy Hook. And if you think about it, they kind of just washed over Sandy Hook eventually and people never talked about it again. You know what I mean? Um, it's still, um, it's, it's, it's happened and, and people are still reeling from it. And we are um, here today to say that we still proceed on, but we don't proceed on and make changes. We proceed on and kind of do like we always do. Forget about it. So, so saying that, why? Who want to start? I think people have become desensitized. We see it as sensationalized on the on the on, in the media, but we you until you've been impacted by or until you live in fear, you don't really understand the impact of you know the violence. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was looking at a statistic that said. In 2021, 20,900 and some odd people died from gun-related violence. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You know, we, you know, this is a, it, it, just in the U.S. alone. Mm-hmm. But you know, so if if five if you know 500 people die in your city and you haven't gone to local government, you haven't voted, you haven't participated in any of the things that will help make a difference, then you have become desensitized to it. And that's when it starts to become the norm. That's just my opinion. Okay. Chauncey? Um, I have a little different perspective. I, I don't feel like we're desensitized to it. I think that with the volume of people that we have, um, 
it is, if it doesn't affect you, we, it's easier to forget, not desensitize. It's just out of sight is out of mind. And so I think when we live in certain places within the country, whether it be rural or whether it be urban areas, I think that we're all affected. Kimmy is aware that I was just affected last week. I literally walked into my house and you would think where I live. Yeah, it's still North Philly. It's still Center City, Northern Liberties, whatever name you want to give to it. But we don't usually have too much of that going on. We hear it in other places, but not here. Seconds, I walked into my house and two young men out on the street in front of my house started shooting at each other. I literally walked through my door. Had I been... Two seconds later, I would have been caught in the crossfire. And so um, I'm in no way desensitized to it. I am, I don't want to use the word appreciative, but I understand um, with this last mass shooting in Texas, the purpose and being so graphic because we have to be to get the point across to those who can help make the changes. And so um, that's, you know, my point of view with it. And we're all untouched. We all know whether we realize it or not, someone that has, you know, been affected by this. So therefore we've been affected by it. And so, like I said, but the further removed you are from it, out of sight is out of mind until it just gets closer and closer and closer. And even when it happens in the areas where we least expect it to happen, ergo Sandy Hook, then what happens is they're out there fighting for it. Those who don't normally fight with us when we have our injustices, they're fighting for it, but they're still not being heard. And the question is why? Okay. How about you, Tamika? Well, I think, um, and just to kind of piggyback about, you know, why aren't people being hurt? And I think it starts at the top and you have legislators who uh, care more about people who write in checks than casting votes. So if they don't think it's important enough to create some legislation to help uh, push back, so to speak, and, and not make it so accessible, so easy, um, it, you know, it just all starts at the top. So even with this latest uh, mass shooting and the whole argument over the AK-15s and how they, they blame mental health, but yet you're defunding mental health. It's like everything that they blame, they're not funding that either. So they made it the norm, you know, and leadership, it all starts at the top. So if the top doesn't see it as necessary to make necessary changes and listen to their constituents, then, you know, the little man thinks, well, so what, you know? And so that's what I think um, it kind of just really starts at the top. And it's not just DC politicians, it's our local politicians. Again, in Philly, I don't see them on the camera giving me some news I can use. You know, I'm tired of the (laughs) prayers and, you know, you don't see them till it's voting time. And and they don't want to hear that. And and I used to work for career politicians. So I'm not telling you what I had heard. I'm telling what I had experienced. I've seen who gets pushed to the front of the line, you know, and here's my other thing. Where's the town hall meeting? So you can hear from the people who really going through it. There's no town hall meetings because now that'll put you accountable because now you put on notice. So if I could just give you a turkey during the holidays and a (laughs) book bag during back to school days and some water ice and pretzels during the block parties, then 
see what I'm doing? You know, mm-hmm. and put a put a thing in your door when I'm trying to vote. My thing is, you don't have to waste a stamp on me if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. This violence, it's a hot button issue. And it's a lot of layers to it. It's, um, you know, finding something for the kids to do so that they don't get swaddled up in the negativity. A lot of these uh, shootings and jackings, they're 15 jacking a senior citizen, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's a whole lot of resources that can be used to kind of help, you know, but where they at? So I, I want to take it to the top, to the leadership. You, you want to vote? You want to be large and in charge? It's not a, if you think you a star, which I think a lot of these politicians do, you ain't doing Amen. <laughs> you know, they, what you doing, my main thing and I'm going to stop because when you get me on my, my soapbox with these politicians, <laughs> the Sandman Sims got to come out. But my last point is, you know, what are you doing when the cameras ain't running, when the reporters ain't writing? What are you doing just because it's your job to Nothing. save the people? These are your communities and it starts locally because before it why should the big men care if the little men don't so we as the people have to educate ourselves about what people are doing if they knew that their job was at risk because they love their job because really what else are they qualified to do um (laughs) if they knew their job was on the line and we held them accountable give me a town hall meeting and here's the results i want to see then you're going to get them doing their job and stop sending me these pointless newsletters about what you had did in secret because you didn't really do anything and then when you dig deep enough the people you gave the money to six degrees of separation you want to impress me help somebody at the back of the line (laughs) okay 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 you you hit on all it's a sore spot if you can't tell (laughs) all right keisha I think it's um, hyper-polarized, the media. Mm -hmm. I think it's either, the narrative is either or. It's either um, the Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. And the thing about it is, because we say defund the police or we say be um, harder on um, criminals, the the point is, is that we need both. Um, So it's always uh, a topic of either Uh, One city wants this, but no, they can't have it. Just like she's saying, because of the back deals that they do or or because you say defund and it doesn't mean defund. It actually means to um, kind of re reallocate. uh, Thank you. That's the word. Reallocate the money to um, the programs that Miss Tamika was talking about, the things that children, that um, young people can do. Um, Why is crime going up? I believe. We're all in uh, an amount of stress, even though we are not committing any crimes or doing anything. The world is under stress. So when you go to communities that already have poverty, already have job loss, already have a whole lot of things that, by the way, was um, how can I put this? Kind of the system kind of made it. That way, through the redlining and through everything else, and that's how why you have um, pockets of communities that's like this. And not saying crime is everywhere, but po- pockets of communities have more crime. It's because of the laws and because of um, laws of the past that's now catching up with us now. Because they haven't gone away. No, the laws of the past, they just have new layers on them. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have new layers on them, and and we cannot. And, and you make a valid point. 
we cannot act like um, the whole system has been revamped. Right. That's the big thing. We had they have the system hasn't been revamped. You know what I mean? You you have you still are in Jim Crow 2.000. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can't act like those things are not going on. But I, look, I'm not going to justify that because I said I don't want to lead to something else. No, I don't want to go that way. But let's go to an economic part um, breakdown. Yeah. Okay, CG. Man, this is a lot to unpack. <clears throat> um, so I mean, one of like the most basic things they teach you in economics is like you know, the crime and, you know, the economy have like a direct relationship to each other. So I like really agree with, uh, with Keisha and what she's saying about, you know, there, I think there needs to be less hyper-focus on individual issues and everybody needs to play their part because it's not enough to say, okay, like a lot, one of the things that we hear a lot is like gun laws versus protection on site. And it's like, we're sitting here acting like we can't enact solutions for everything at once. And we have to, because it's not enough to just say, okay, we're going to get rid of the gun laws. We're going to, you know, make gun laws uh, so strict that, you know, only certain people can get it. But at, at the same time, it's like, okay, so how does that cover the people who aren't getting guns through, you know, through those channels or through the legal channels? Like there's just not a lot. I don't think everybody's, I guess the problem that I'm just seeing is like, there's too much hyper-focus in one area. And then there's too mm-hmm. much opportunity for other areas for things to just still be, you know, oh, taken advantage of. Like, like we see like these school, these mass shootings, these are, these are from people getting, you know, guns from, you know, legal channels. And then on top of that too, they're choosing some of the most, the softest targets. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very unfair for, you know, us to say that, you know what, we can't look at security. We can't look at things to make it a little bit, you know, a little bit more secure on those on those sites and just talk about, oh, well, we're just going to change the laws. And that's it. It's very because at the end of the day, that doesn't stop somebody from or protect somebody actively in that situation. Sure. So I think it takes a, a lot of effort from everybody from from, you know, from our politicians, from the education system, from the police department, even the gun industry, even the gun industry too. the gun industry needs to get involved as well. Everybody needs to, you know, put ideas together so that we can all cover each other, because it's not enough just to say we're going to focus on this one area. And then on top of that, too, a lot of these mass shooters have a blueprint now. They have a blueprint of what they can do and there's nothing being done, whether it's they're getting shot on site. I mean, whatever your solution is, hey, but I mean, it's just they just know that they can go and blow off steam or whatever and then put their gun down and now they're apprehended. And you got to you just have this trend of, of what's going on. And I think we need to really look at every everybody just has a part to play and they just need to do it. That's I guess that's where I'm at right now. Everybody had the part to play. So I'm going to go to the pastor said this, but this was really <laughs> Rodney King. Why can't we get along? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, why can't we get along? Because um, I think economics play a really, really, really big part because, you know, when um, you're in a time where, you know, the um, we are in recessions or depressions or things like that. Crime usually goes up because guess what? People got to do what they got to do to, you know, keep their family full. I'm not justifying crime, but I think we're we're in a, a different type of um, time now. I think that people just naturally have um, are agitated, don't like mm-hmm. each other. You know what I mean? I think it goes even deeper than racism. You know what I mean? Because racism has never gone away. Let's be for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
it, it may have been um, sugar-coated in some way, somewhere, but it's never gone. You know what I mean? But now, it's like just straight hatred, bitterness, mm-hmm. you know, agitation. All of that is, is um, you know, I don't know how you feel. Like, if you are you driving down the street and you're looking at the other driver and they're driving like a fucking nut? You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm going to proceed with caution. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. If that dude got a gun or what, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I didn't used to think like that because I used to be like, flip them the bird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now I don't do that. You know what yep. I mean? I'm just like, yep. I sit like chilled in the car. Like, yep. oh, I don't know what dude got over here. I won't even get in a fist fight. I won't even, I won't even get no. in a fist fight. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, we should have never been doing it, right? So even when we call ourselves flipping the bird and we thought it was so innocent, people have always I know, but people have always been on the edge. What do we always say? You never know what the other person is going through. And it's funny because I have a license to carry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I got my license to carry a few years ago. And my son's comment to me when I was coming home the other night, because I was coming home from my walk. So, you know, I'm the opposite of Kimmy. When it's really, really hot, I take my walks in the evening. And so I do it, you know, 7, 7.30, and I got a good hour to walk before it starts to get dark or whatever. And my my son's comment was like, mom, you didn't have your gun on you? And I was like, why would I have my gun on me taking a walk? That's the first thing. The second thing is, what was I supposed to start doing? I don't know who's shooting. I'm just going to pull my gun out and start shooting. That's what happened on South Street. That's, That's what happened on South Street. That's Those two dudes did that. The two kids who started shooting, just they heard gunshots somewhere else and then just start wildly shooting. And that's how two innocent people get killed. And so it it doesn't help. So then now I have no comfort in having my own license to carry, even though it's supposed to be about a protection thing um, that doesn't solve the problem. And like you said, we we have two more than two, but you got two situations going on here. We have the crime rate that's going up with the crime that has always happened. And then you have mass shootings, right? And so I know that the South Street incident was considered a mass shooting because of um, the area they were they were in and, and how it happened. But it, it's still a little different than what happened in, in Texas. And like um, CG said, having that blueprint as to how you're going to do this and the How to be a coward. Right. But the black and the brown people already know if I'm going to do this, they taking me out. I I had no other way. I go in here, it's really a I'm going to get taken out. You're not going to get a burger. Because it's a suicide mission and they do it. But when the the vanilla guys do it, they just like, oh, I'm going to drop my gun. And then now they're going to try and figure out my brain as to why I did this and what was the reason behind me doing this and so on and so forth. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's just off the chain. So I have two comments. So I was just, um, I never sit on my front porch because I'm always worried about shootings. And so I just happened to be sitting out there talking to one of my neighbors and another neighbor came up and she had told me that he carries one of those assault rifles. And so I just asked him, I said, why do you, why do you feel like you need that? And he was like, because what happens if the other person, he said, well, every, every gun is an assault gun is a, is a, you know, semi-automatic or whatever. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you can put an expanded clip on every gun. And I was like, but why do you feel you need it? He said, because what happens if the other guy has, you know, 
40 rounds and I only got the normal nine in my gun. Well, you, you better go around somewhere. I was like, you better go learn how to damn target practice, buddy. And then the other thing is that I was looking up. So, and so he, you know, and, and so, and he's a young guy and that's the mentality. What about what the other guy had? And then the other thing is I was reading an article that they want to put guns in an Ohio school and the parents and the I teachers and everybody are protesting because now you putting the guns in more hands of people who are not properly trained. And right. what happens if I flip out today because the principal done pissed me off yesterday? So how are they going to decipher if everyone has guns in their hand? How are they going to decipher who who has it to actually protect someone and who has it as far as I'm going to shoot everybody? I See, have heard that. That's the thing. And with us, everybody's going to take mean, a battery of tests and they're going to say this test says that. No, you I'm talking about in. Enough. I'm talking about in the moment, Kim. And say the police come. Oh, up. I know that that's not going to work. That. I, I know because the first thing. Don't want to make it a racial thing, but the first thing that they see me and myself, they're going to first shoot me. Mm-hmm. But it happened to be another nationality, then they might just ask them or apprehend them. So, how are you going to be able to tell this? So that that's the fear that I would have if I were to happen to have a gun, even if I had it um, legally. All right, let me double back over here to Jay. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, everybody. Peace and hey, blessings. Dude. How's everybody doing? Well, how are you? Okay, so Dave, good, Jack, good. just going back, back. What is your thought about um, this topic? Um, how we have now become desensitized and now violence is the norm. So everybody has thrown in their opinion and we want to get yours. Oh, my God. It's really not enough time. Uh, it's... it's let me just summarize it by saying it's become so political now, um, money and power. Um, this country, as y'all know, started with violence and oppression as a way of the foundation being started. And, um, you know, the gun control and things that need to be put in place here are getting shot down because of the, the monies that's being passed from NRA and all of this stuff here. Um, it, it's just, it's just really, it's just sad that we just can't get a better grip of it. And it really is just perpetually getting worse and worse, especially in our community. Um, it just seems as though, you know, I heard y'all talking about the assault weapons. I agree with you hundred percent, you know, Mel, why do we have to have a AR 15, and I used to work with a guy who told me he had like 66 weapons what? and over 40 of them were assault rifles and um, placed strategically throughout his house and his property. Um, and it's just, it's just really, it's frightening. And it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just hard to describe. It, it really is. And I see more and more people carrying now open carry, which, I'm I'm all about responsible gun ownership, so I just want to go on the record to say that. I don't have a problem with those that are responsible gun owners. I don't have a problem with those that want to protect their homes and defend their homes. Um, I don't see any issue with that. I just don't understand why would you need 5,000 pieces of ammunition and so many assault rifles and uh, be able to just give weapons to whoever you want to give them to in your family or whatever. 
uh, is just that's just beyond me. Um, so it, it is something that really breaks my heart and just just baffles me that we have politicians that are still turning down legislation that could try and curb this because there are laws that have been turned down as y'all probably already aware of that could help get rid of some of this stuff here so hopefully out of all of this what i would everybody to do is look into your local level and start voting and finding out what's really on these people's agendas and get the right people in office but my feelings are like so many other people can be just frustrated as hell with it you know i mean i'm just tired of saying my condolences i'm tired of hearing about it i'm just you know down here in virginia like everywhere else it's just getting crazy i saw the stat uh, it was something weird i don't know if anybody looked it up but it was over the weekend last weekend it was over 100 some like mass murders uh, i can't remember over the the whole country and you um, know somebody I think it was like was over 140 you know somebody wasn't included. Those are reported, right? Yeah, right. that's reported. So somebody wasn't included. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, so, I'm like you, Jay. I can't, I can't. Um, I don't know. I live, I live right outside Philadelphia, and and you know, this is gonna be the um kind of everybody is like sending me like little messages and stuff who don't live here. Like, um, my kid's father sent me a message and was like, Kimmy, um, is all y'all are y'all okay? You know what I mean? I was like. I don't live in Philadelphia. <laughs> but we haven't even had yeah, summer yet. Like, and it's is is bubbling. Yeah, exactly. so, he thinks that I live is, you know, because most people say because I always talk about Philadelphia, right? But I had to laugh. I was like, I live in Jersey, but I do live close to Philadelphia. Like I live like twenty-two minutes from Philadelphia. I go to Philadelphia all the time. But I was thankful that he was so nice to, you know, make sure that, you know, me and the kids was, you know, okay. But he was the, then my daughter said something to me today. She was like, Dan said, um, don't be going to Philadelphia often because people crazy, right? Well, my daughter's going to be 27 years old. You know, she's not listening. So I was like, well, you know, the concern is that, you know, you are to be aware of mm-hmm. what you're doing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I said, because it's nothing where I live at. You know what I mean? I'm going to Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Where my yeah. friends and everybody is at, you know, and I go to church in Philadelphia with Chauncey and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I have faith because God is, you know, um, I always say this, what's going to happen to you? God is all over it. You know what I mean? But I mean, I always have, um, um, uh, I'll just say a protective nature about me, you know, I just don't be yeah. lollygagging where you ever I'm not I'm not saying that's happening to people who are, you know, victims of being shot or stuff like that. You know, but I think what the the part is this hard to digest is that we're looking at kids. You know what I mean? We're oh my god, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, kids. So I, I do want to go on record to say where are your parents? You're talking about no, hours no, I, I can't say that I can't say where your parents were you talking about in grocery stores in places yes. like that well, yeah. well, I, I'm saying right. let me go on record to say this my right. opinion well, yeah. assault weapons need to be banned yep yeah just my yes. opinion assault yeah, weapons right. need to be banned period that's just my little two cents mm-hmm. because you know just like when it happened at the uh, Tops grocery store in Buffalo, the next day I was in food line and then, you know, just going about my business. Then all of a sudden the thought hit my mind and I just instantly like had an anxiety. 
Mm-hmm. And I looked out the window, like, you know, people were just in this grocery store, children, people were just, so it, I, I, I don't start saying it's irresponsible parenting, you know, well, we have two, we were talking, happening. We were talking yeah. about two different things. The okay. Mass- my, my bag. I'm sorry, but let me just say this about young people, the two, two, two things that has hit me about young people and y'all, you know, so, cause I, I want to wrap this up so we can talk about this in the after show. Two things I say about young people, either they are, um, being, um, taken out and, harmed, not to their accord, or they are engaging in crime and that's now their new lifestyle because they don't um, have resources and things that go back to what Tamika's saying. I think about when I was 14, 15, and 16 years old, um, I I had some type of youthful job or something, you know what I mean, that the city helped for me. And I grew up in Philadelphia, I grew up in North Philadelphia, that the city helped me get, I was either watching some little kids, you know, or I was doing something with the city. I worked for parks and recreation or something I did with the city that helped me. And we prepare for it every year. Tamika, you probably can relate to this because we did this every year. It kept us busy. You see what I'm saying? I hated it because I hated to be out in the freaking sun. You know what I mean? But you know, my parents didn't give me an option. Your ass going down there and you're going to be working there. And I think I got $2 a day. But you know what? I I took that money and it bought me some socks to go to Hollahan. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't much for after the whole dog summer. But it took taught me, you know, a lot of values. But my parents wasn't going to have me in no nonsense anyway. But just in case I thought about getting into some nonsense, you know, I had my day was so consumed and I was sucked from the sun that by the time I got off um, of work, I couldn't get into nobody's trouble because I was like, let me just go in the house, take a shower and suck up the air condition at this time. Because um, right, it, it was a collective effort. So right. Was, and then you didn't want the neighbor to find out you was acting up and all this stuff. People was right. a village for real. You know? To those city programs, my mother just was going to have me busy. Do you see what I'm saying? So whether I was taking classes during the summer that were available to me, whether we would have the summer jobs, what whatever it was, but it was still a collective community effort. But the thing I'm saying right now, Chauncey, is because local politicians do not think that's the top of the leaderboard anymore, Mm -hmm. those things are not available. And guess what? Because your mom was did her due diligence, my mom did her due diligence. We did our due diligence as parents. There's a lot of moms that need that helping hand to do their due diligence. You know what I mean? Because we're not all in the same bucket together. And remember, we all say it takes a village. Some people need help. You didn't get as much right. You didn't get as much running around back then either. Now you try to go get your kid involved in a program. You got to do a whole program. lot of the program. Yeah, it's no pro- the yeah, program the doesn't program. exist, They're and there's a lot of run around. Yeah, so they just got idle time. They sitting in the house, and you know what I mean. This is like okay. First and foremost, we didn't spend two years in the house on the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So now everybody coming out. You know they coming out, and you know built up frustration, anxiety, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's like a perfect storm going on right now because when we say i ain't saying just young people oh, hey shooting all the time but just back to what chance said those two little youngsters that shot 
because they heard the other two people who were three people who were down there fighting that had nothing to do with them start shooting because they heard other people shooting and they were the one that took out the people in Philadelphia. Why would you do that? You know, how did they even have guns? That's what I want to know. How did you get the gun? You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a lot of things going on. So um, I think we talked about a lot of things tonight, but I think one thing we, we probably could talk about in the after show, but in closing, what is your final thoughts when we say, why is this now the norm? And I'm going to start with you, Tamika. Um, I think it's the norm because enough people and people in power with the position to really enforce some change is become the norm because they don't, see all of this excessive violence as abnormal and that's because oftentimes your power your position it kind of uh bubbles you from what's really going on so until it affects you personally until it's their personal a daughter a nephew till it hits them close unfortunately they're just really immune so until it happens right to them then you won't hear them say we have to do something about this but it shouldn't have to be someone close to you for you to then get your colleagues together and figure out a way and just quickly like you said with the programs are going away because they don't need a program they got the inside connect so they can't don't need to get the working papers they don't need to get the program they can call their friend and say or they put them in their own office as the job but because they got a different last name hr don't know that that's really their grandson or they related somehow so they don't need the system that they're really supposed to be building up for their constituents so until they realize all of this is abnormal Mm -hmm. it'll continue to be normal amen girl keisha I'm going to speak um, to the fact of young people maybe shooting each other. I think the norm is because uh, lack of conflict resolution. That's something that we try to teach in school at a young age, but along the way, because of of what they experience, maybe their home life, maybe their community, uh, a field of that this is the only way I can get respect. That's how it's become the norm. That's a good one, Keisha. Shanti? I have always said it when it comes to most issues, whether it be socioeconomic issues, whether it's personal or whatever, we are all in the same storm. We're just in different boats. All right, girl. Jay? Uh, I'll echo uh, Keisha's sentiments, um, the conflict resolution skills. It's just unfortunately right now, this is what you're seeing all the time. This is what's being handled. This is what you you know almost being told what to do and kind of what mm-hmm. y'all saying about the village how it's kind of diminished mm-hmm. but uh that's that's kind of unfortunate right now that violence is almost being like advocated um in Lower the community mm-hmm. yeah cg um i think it's a, i think it's here because we haven't as far as like when it comes to like street shootings like the streets gonna be the streets like if you want to if you want to undermine that then you need to start doing something to get these kids away from it so you're gonna need Mm -hmm. to start pouring resources in to to direct that traffic away from it Mm -hmm. um as far as like the mass shootings and stuff I just really, I really don't know. I think, you know, in America, I think our economy is just really bad. A lot of parents can't really stay at home, raise their kids like they used to. It's just life has changed and we need to, fi- we need to figure that out. 
Mel? I agree with both Keisha and Tamika. Um, conflict resolution is a huge problem, but young people, especially young men, their frontal lobe is not developed until they're much older, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother thing about the decision-making process. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you on that, Keisha. But then when Tamika says that, you know, the programs and things like that, but look at who's being killed. Look at the, the 140 or whatever the number was, people who were killed in the last week couple of weeks or whatever until the violence touches them the people the mm -hmm. households the decision the local decision makers this is going to continue to be a problem and they're going to continue to pass the buck that's why i think there's so much violence and you know we need we need to be strict you know i don't think we need to i don't know defund the police i think we need to reorganize but um, that, I'm going back to something we said earlier. I don't think I think we need to reorganize and, and they need to be they need to be better trained and equipped to handle even conflict resolution to de-escalate situations. That's my thought. I think this was an outstanding episode. I think that we um, touched on a lot of things. I think this could have led to a lot of different arms because um, being able to understand why we're in such a violent and peril type of society right now has um, behooved me. And I know it's probably something that everybody is trying to wrap their head around, but um, the only thing I think we can do is hold ourselves accountable. That's huge. You know what I mean? Um, make sure that our, our kids are where they say they're supposed to be, what they're doing. You know what I mean? Even our adult kids, you know what I mean? Hold them accountable too. Um, and hold, like Tamika said, this is just ringing in my head, hold our leadership accountable. You know what I mean? I get so tired of hearing people saying, you know, they're not going to do nothing for me. I'm not going to vote. Oh, my God, I have to walk away from people. Mm -hmm. like that. It, just, it irks me to my soul. You know, the same right. old degenerates going to be up in there doing this crazy crap and you are not going to have no say or nothing. I always say your one little vote. You see how these elections are going now where they get these runoffs and these um, have to recall and because it's down to like 900 people. Mm -hmm. 900 people is very small. Wait till we get down to 58 people and you're asking a part of that 58 that didn't vote. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, so, you know, don't take it for granted because I think that we have to change that narrative um, about voting. You know what I mean? I hear it every day, and I, I think because I say this to Chauncey, and Chauncey is an avid uh, podcast listener too. If you hear people saying things that they're saying now because they feel hopeless, I understand that hopelessness is real. It's so real, but we have to do something because nobody's going to change that narrative but us. We have to change. Especially people. I, I don't want to. Ahead, I want to add some real, Kimmy, because something me and a couple guys are trying to do now. I think uh -huh. a lot of young people are not voting because they just don't understand exactly why they should be voting. Mm -hmm. So I would want to just encourage everyone to try to embrace and, and share as much knowledge as you can with, you know, anyone about what actually goes on at the local level, who you're voting for, what positions they hold. So I think more information, more education will help open their minds to you know, understand that your vote does matter. So, you know, because a lot of times people just think about the presidential election. That's it. And uh, oh, and then that's local. it, you know. That's and it. so we're that's trying to just embrace young folks and try to start educating them a little bit more. So I'm glad to hear y'all bring that up. Uh, I just want to encourage everybody to em embrace the, the next generation 
um, teach them as much as you can about what's going on at the local levels because that's where it starts, y'all. It yep. really does. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Great episode. Join us every week um, when we drop a new episode on Wednesday. Catch us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm your girl, Kimmy, and joining me tonight is... Ramel. Keisha. <laughs> Nika. Hey. DG. I'm Tronting. And I'm JB. Everybody have a wonderful week on purpose, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.